Right, so part nine of Intertwine, we've been going for nine weeks through the book of First Timothy, and we've been sticking with this one theme, and we really think it's the theme of the book, and that is that belief and life are intertwined, that what we believe has to matter in our life, and that the way that we live has to be fueled by what we believe. And what we've been saying, kind of just to get this in your head, and hopefully it'll stick with you, is that when we just worry about what we believe, and then it doesn't impact how we live, we usually end up being a hypocrite, right? Because we're saying, oh, I love Jesus, and then it doesn't impact our life. And when we are only worried about our life, and it's not fueled by our belief in Jesus and our relationship with Jesus, then we're just kind of stuck over here being super religious and trying to change ourselves and improve ourselves, and we don't have the power and strength to do that. That comes from our relationship with God. And so we've been talking about how belief in life have to be intertwined. And we're going to keep on going with that tonight. Um, When I talk with people, you know, neighbors, postmen, whoever, guys at pizza places, whatever, you know, you you get to know people that you see every once in a while and they they eventually ask you, like, what do you do? And so, you know, I I say, well, I'm a pastor and no one ever believes that. They think I'm in like a rock band or something like that. And uh, I'm just like, that'd be cool, but I'm just, sorry, I'm a pastor, you know? So, you know, we talk a little bit. And, 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 Though what I find a lot of the time is that the people that I talk to uh, almost feel like they have to say that they believe in God too, like in the conversation, you know, like, oh, I'm a Christian, really? And, and so my response, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to call them out on anything. It's just a natural response to their response. I, I just simply say, oh, that's awesome. Where do you go to church? I'm not trying to call them out or bust them for not going to church or anything like that. But usually then their eyes get real big, okay? And then they start to think, and they're like, oh, I belong to the First Baptist Lutheran Episcopalian Church of the Crescent Moon, uh, you know? And you're like, yeah, you had me until you added the Crescent Moon part. That was good, you know? Um, and so really uh, what's going on there is often what so happens in our lives, you know? Like we can kind of poke fun and, and look at that, but, but so often uh, belief and life aren't intertwined, right? Somebody says, oh, I believe in God, sure, sure. Oh, well, how's that impacting your life? And, and so often that's true of us too, you know? Uh, we, we're staring in the mirror when we kind of poke fun at people like that because that's us a lot of the time when we're saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus and then our lifestyle might not add up. And so that's why we're going through this. And I hope ultimately you guys um, are feeling freedom through this series. I hope that no one's feeling condemned. I hope that nobody's feeling uh, like, oh man, I'm just going to go another week and you tell me what a bad person I am. I hope that you're finding that it's a freeing thing to be the real thing. You know, it's a freeing thing to just truly live for Jesus. It's an awesome and exciting thing. And so tonight, we're going to continue to talk about this. And uh, tonight, we're going to talk largely about what we believe. Again, belief in life, we've been bouncing back between these two topics. But we don't separate them because as we talk tonight, you're going to realize that what we talk about tonight is a big deal because if we believe a certain way, then it will impact how we live. Uh, I think it was the second week in this series, I talked to you guys and I said this. I said, be careful what you believe. Be careful what you believe. Well, tonight... As we look at Timothy, as we kind of catch up and see what Paul's writing to Timothy, uh, I'm going to kind of challenge you in a different way. I'm going to say, be careful who you believe. Not just what you believe, but who you believe. And that's so important because if belief and life are actually intertwined, which I think we'd say is true, is that if if you believe a certain way, man, it's going to end up affecting how you live, okay? Um, Then if we believe the wrong information because we believe the wrong people, if we believe people whose lives don't add up or, or they take this book and they explain it or they, they misrepresent it or they try to apply it to our lives in a way that God's not trying to apply it to our lives, then as we believe them, our lives will get set on a course that we won't want. And in fact, as we're going to talk about tonight a little bit, in a room this size, it's safe to say, and I wish it weren't true, but it's safe to say, 
that if we're not careful who we believe, then some of us in this room will have nothing to do with God at some point in our life. Because when we let certain people influence us, it will be such a bad influence. It will turn us off so much that we'll look back and say, I don't even want a relationship with God if that's what a relationship with God looks like. And again, this is kind of a similar intro to a few weeks ago. I would just say this again. Why do you need to listen to this message? Because look back in your past. Look at the last maybe five or ten years of your life, right? Some of you guys are like, I'd be one ten years ago. Right, anyway, uh, so look back, and I want you just to think about this. If you had been really careful, if you had really paid attention to those that were in your life, that were speaking into your life about God, would you have avoided a time in your life that turned out to be really painful? If you, if you were watching, if you were saying, okay, this person's saying this about God, um, I'm not sure if that's true. I'm going to look at scripture. I'm going to study scripture. I'm going to find out if it's true. Or if you were looking at the people in your life and and saying, okay, this person is telling me this about God, but then they're living this way, which completely denies that. If you had stopped in that moment and said, wait a minute, this something's not adding up here. So I'm not going to allow this person to influence my relationship with God. Wouldn't you have saved yourself a world of hurt, a time of maybe walking away from God, a time of regret in your life? Right, Because so often I think what we did, at least I know if it's true for me, as I was growing up, there were people that would influence me for God. And so often it was a horrible influence because they were complete hypocrites or because they said things about this book that were, as I have now studied it for myself, were so off that it led me astray. And so who is influencing you for God? Who do you allow to speak into your life? And this goes for anybody. I mean, this goes for me. What I say to you has got to be measured against this book right here. Okay, this goes for the books you read. This goes for the podcasts you listen to. You see, books and podcasts, they're a blessing and a curse. Okay, they're a blessing if you find a great guy who really loves God, a great woman who really loves God. But they're a curse if you find someone who's in it for the wrong reasons or is just simply not representing this the right way. And so tonight we're going to talk about being careful who we believe, because that's what Paul is talking with Timothy about. And I just want to remind you, as we're going through this book, It's not like Paul was just sitting at his desk with his feathered pen, right? And he was writing, oh, let me just think about good things that would be wise to tend to, oh, I don't know, I guess Timothy. We'll send this one out to Timothy. Go ahead, take that one to Timothy. No, he was writing to Timothy to solve certain problems in Timothy's church, okay? Because Timothy, as we've been saying, is this leader in the church in Ephesus. And so he's not just writing what we're going to read tonight, like, oh, that'd be good if this ever happens in church. No, he's writing on, okay, this is a certain problem, Timothy, in your church, and I'm writing to solve it. And what's interesting is that here we are almost 2,000 years later, and the same problems are creeping in for us still. Isn't that true? Um, If you're not a Christian here tonight, so glad that you're here. And, And this message totally applies to you. You might be like, well, I'm not a Christian. You're talking about who you believe and who influences you for God. I would guess if you're not a Christian, one of the reasons, maybe not the only reason, but one of the reasons that you're not a Christian, that you don't want anything to do with God. Maybe one of the reasons is because somebody that you let influence you turned out to be a complete hypocrite. And you said, well, if they're not the real thing, then I don't know that God is either. Or maybe you heard someone take this book and they they taught it in a certain way. Maybe they promised you certain things and said, if you do this, then this will happen. And those things didn't happen. And you said, well, then I guess this book isn't true. Can I tell you that that was a misrepresentation on the person's part, not God's part? And so tonight, for you, what I want to do by the end of this message is hopefully answer the question, is it worth it to still go after God? Are are there people that can be trusted? Are are there churches that actually are passionate 
for God? Can I actually still go after God or, or is that all just a waste of time? And so that's where I hope we'll kind of end up together tonight. And so let's check out 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. And I'll just tell you heads up, we're, we're going to stop at an awkward spot in the first verse. So just hang with me. I'm going to explain a little and then we're going to move on. So 1 Timothy 4, 1 says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times, dot, dot, dot. Okay, there you are. You're hanging on your seat. Like, right. Okay, good. That wasn't funny. Um, and so... <laughs> Edit the podcast, right? Um, and so here's what's going on. The Spirit, okay? That's God the Spirit is speaking to Paul and is showing thing, him things that are going to happen, okay? Now, when it says later times, the reason I want to explain this part to you before we go on is because I don't want you to think that means end times, like, you know, before the world is done and, and so we don't have to worry about this now. What, what Paul is just saying is like, look, this is going to happen in the future, okay? And so here we, he, he's telling Timothy, like, keep your eyes open for this. He told Timothy that 2,000 years ago, okay? So this was happening in Timothy's church, is happen, has happened throughout all the ages, and is happening now. Well, what's happening? Well, let's look and see. It says, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons, okay? So he says, all right, here's what's going to happen. There are going to be people, and they're going to be in your church, and they're going to maybe for a time, really love God and, and they're going to worship and they're going to serve and they're going to use their gifts and talents for God and they're going to seem like they really love God and they're really on track. But you know what's going to happen? Some of them are going to get distracted. Some of them are going to start to believe things that aren't true and they're going to get totally off focus and they might even abandon their faith. That is so sad and so true because I've seen it. I've seen people who start out strong And then they get distracted and then they start to look around and they start to go, man, I don't know if this is true. And it's okay to question. That's what the whole evidence CD set is about, right? It's questioning and saying, is this true? But before long, they've gotten so far off the path. They've gotten so distracted by things that just aren't what God is about that they end up giving up on their faith or believing things that are just totally, totally off. And so Paul's saying, all right, listen, Timothy, I'm just warning you. And I'm warning you so that you'll know this is coming so that you can help Stop it, okay? So then he says, such teachings come through hypocritical liars. Okay, so Paul's just trying to be kind and gentle with Timothy here. (laughs) He's calling these guys out, right? Comes through hypocritical liars, okay? Now, hypocrite comes from the Greek word hupokrisis, which I think is an awesome name for a hardcore band, right? That'd be just so epic, wouldn't it? I I like that one. And you're not going to want to name your band that, though, once you find out what it means. It means to create a public impression that is at odds with one's real purposes or motivations. So a hypocrite is somebody who stands up on a stage like this, or they write a blog, or they write a, a book, or they you know, speak at a church, and they have a good podcast and all, and they create this great public impression of themselves. And they say, you know what, I love God, and I'm passionate for God, and they use the word Jesus, and they use the word God. And yet, their real motivation and their real purpose is totally different than bringing God any praise or leading you actually to God. And so Timothy's saying, Paul's saying to Timothy, look, just be careful. I just want to warn you that there are going to be these guys and they're going to be teaching these things and they're going to be total hypocrites. They're going to be total liars. And he says, some are going to follow them. And he says, but, but hang on, hang on. He says, these people, their consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Okay, seared with a hot iron. What does that mean? Well, the Greek helps us understand that. In Paul and Timothy's day, that idea is that they were branded. 
Okay, you guys know what branding is? You've ever heard of that? Like, they do that to animals, you know? Like, farmers will take, you know, a piece of some kind of, you know, a long kind of poking stick with a little design on the end, and they brand that animal to say, okay, this is my animal. This, that's how they know it's their animal, right? Um, I was branded as a child, not purposefully, but uh, we had these kerosene heaters in my house, and right here on the top of my hand, right here, if you want to come see later, you no, I won't let you. But um, you, you, I, I, was, I was walking toward this kerosene heater like an idiot as a three or four-year-old child. I don't know who like reaches out for kerosene heaters, much less like this, right? Uh, ooh, a fire, you know? Let me touch that, you know? Like, what kind of idiot does that? This should brand idiot right here, okay? But it, this, this marks with me forever, okay? This isn't going anywhere, all right? And so what they would do in Paul and Timothy's day is they would brand people, and they would brand them with their crime. So if you were a murderer and you were caught, they would brand you with the word murderer on your flesh. You'd always be known as that. Okay? So what Paul is saying here is, he's saying, all right, look, these guys, these teachers, these people who are leading people astray, it's as if their consciences have been branded. Right? So branded on their conscience is the word hypocrite. Branded on their conscience is the word liar. And yet they're still up there leading people astray. They're still writing their blog. They're still doing their podcast. They're still writing their book. And they're still leading people astray, even though they know really, truly what they are. So he goes on a little bit more. Verse 3, he's to give some examples of what these guys are saying. He says, They forbid people to marry, and they order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. So he's saying, all right, look, they're saying things that God's not saying. That's basically what he's saying right there. They're telling you, don't eat this. They're saying, oh, don't get married. God's not God's will that you be married. So they're saying these different kinds of things that are just simply not what God has. Now, some of you guys are like, so what? I mean, that's 2,000 years ago. Don't get married. Don't do this. Okay, but this is still happening today. There are still these teachers out there that are looking around, that are trying to figure out, man, you know, how can I take people next? And I would say some of them, are doing it purposefully. Some of them are like, I really want to deceive people. And other people, they're just off on what they believe this book actually says. Okay, I'll give you some examples. Um, I hope you don't you know, think I'm doing anything wrong by naming some names. Um, if you look at scripture, Paul and these guys, they'd always name names and say, watch out for this guy and watch out for this guy. And I love you enough to name some names, okay? Um, but a lot of you guys, we, we've talked about Rob Bell a little bit late, lately. And I loved Rob Bell. It's, it breaks my heart that what's going on in his life is going on in his life. But he recently wrote a book that says, well, there is no such thing as hell. Nobody goes to hell. Um, everyone goes to heaven at some point. Now, what's Rob Bell doing? None of us like talking about hell, right? None of us, um, you know, like the idea of hell. And, and so that's, that can be, all right, huh, I wonder about that, right? I mean, I would love for there not to be a hell, right? I mean, that would be amazing. But at the same time, he's completely denying what this book says, right? And Jesus taught more about hell than he did heaven. So what Rob Bell is doing is he's going, you know what? I don't like the concept of hell. So I'm just going to say that nobody goes there. One of, the, one of the biggest churches in America he's leading right now. Just leading people astray, right? This is Harold Camping, right? Our buddy <laughs> last month, right? Saying the end of the world, end of the world, end of the world. Already tried this in the 90s, didn't happen. Still, this is what I'm saying. Still got followers, right? Still people listening to him, okay? And um, it's, again, it's him just saying, I'm, I know better than this, right? I mean, Jesus himself said, I don't know when I'm coming back, okay? That's only the Father knows, and Harold, by the way. He knows too, okay? Right? I mean, that's, that would have to be in there, Matthew seven ten, right? I mean, you know, right? Um, not, not in there, okay? And so here's somebody, again, who's just 
misrepresenting, just saying, yeah, I feel like leaving that part out. I'm just going to skip over that verse, okay? Um, another guy that I've been talking with you guys about and I've been vocal about because I know he's made his way around in here a little bit, but is Joseph Prince. And I, I think he's right up there with some of these guys. And I got to bring him up. I know some of you listen to him and I, uh, I'm not trying to hurt feelings, but I think that he's so dangerous that I'm willing to bring him up again. Um, but just uh, actually really the one reason I'm bringing it up because somebody came up to us today and said something about him. And they said that uh, they listened to a message of his recently. And there's a verse in the Bible where God's talking about presenting the church, like all of us, not just this church, but everyone who's ever believed without stain or wrinkle, holy and blameless. Okay, that's what the verse says. Now, Joseph Prince, this person was telling us this morning, twisted that verse to say that because it says that the church will be without stain or wrinkle, that we are, as Christians, are to claim that we're not to age or get wrinkles. I, I don't think Joseph Prince is standing on stage trying to be a hypocrite or a liar. I honestly don't. But I'll tell you this, he doesn't do his homework. Okay, and I looked up the word that he twisted and he's absolutely wrong about that. Okay, he was he even brought up the Greek. Well, in the Greek, it means this totally wrong. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Okay, and so, again, I bring these guys up because I'm I'm scared. I'm scared of the day and age that we live in. Like I said, podcasts are a blessing and they're a curse. Okay, because these guys can do a lot of damage. And, and he's a guy that I've seen more. And, I, you know, I've named other names, you know, over the years. But he's a guy that I've seen way more than others twist what this actually says. And I think we have to be so, so careful. Because the Bible says that there's going to come a day where we like to hear certain things. And they're going to be teachers who teach what we want to hear. And I don't know about you, but I'd love to never get a wrinkle. Okay, I'm getting up there. I'm past my 30s now, right? I mean, 33, okay. All right, so that sounds good to me, right? But. I don't think at all that's exactly what this is saying. And so this day and age, this stuff's still happening. Okay, maybe it's not about food. Maybe it's not about um, staining from marriage, but it's about the end of the world. It's about not having hell. It's, not, it's about um, twisting scripture to mean things it just simply doesn't mean. Then in verse 4, it says, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it's consecrated by the word of God and prayer. So Paul's just saying, look, all right, People are saying don't eat food. People are saying don't, uh, you know, don't get married. God's not saying that, right? Today we could say, look, the Bible says there's a hell. So Rob Bell, you're wrong. Harold Camping, I mean, it proofs in the pudding. We're still here, buddy, you know? I mean, all right? Uh, Joseph Prince, I'm sorry, bud. You're just taking this stuff and twisting it, whether you realize it or not, okay? Um, then in verse 6, and, and I hope you see, I'm just doing my job here. Like, if you're mad at me because I mentioned some names tonight, I hope you see in verse 6, I'm just doing my job. Look what he tells Timothy to do. If you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus. So I love you guys. And there's nothing, there's few things that grieve me as much as when we believe things about this book that aren't true. Because this is God's word. This is what he spoke. This is how we, one of the, really the best way that we know him. Yes, he wants to speak to us. He wants to lead and guide us intimately. And we'll talk about that in the fall, actually, in a message called, or a series called Spirit. But, This right here is pure and holy and awesome and life-changing and powerful. And I hate it when we, and not that I'm not not above this, but I hate it when any of us um, believe things about this book that just simply aren't true. And so I'm just trying to do what God's called me to do. And you know what? This is a hard message tonight. It's a hard thing to say. I love you guys. I don't want to come and say, I know some of you guys like this guy. I know some of you guys like this guy, but stay away from him, you know? But... I love you enough and I, I feel like I'm supposed to enough to, to, to do it. So then he says, 
uh, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you've followed. So what's he saying? He's saying, look, saying, I know there are all these distracting messages out there. There's all these people saying all this kind of stuff, but keep them in the truth. You know that you and I have an advantage that Timothy didn't have. See, if Timothy had to, you know, keep his people in the truth, he would point them to the Old Testament, right? And there was no second half of the Bible yet, right? Hadn't been written. It was being written to him actually at the time, right? And so what's awesome is, is you guys, we all have this. And if you don't have this, we'll give this to you tonight. You have a Bible so that every podcast you hear, every book you read, every blog you read, every message you hear, even from me, you can go, okay, does that line up? Because what I believe will catapult how I live. And who I listen to will become what I believe. So I'm going to be really careful and make sure that it all lines up. Next point, verse 7. He says, I'm sorry, next part. Uh, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Okay, so what's Paul saying here? saying, Timothy, don't get caught up in all this craziness. Don't get distracted by all these teachings. Stay on track. Train yourself in godliness. And he uses this example of physical training. Right? He says physical training has some value to it. Okay? So let's talk about physical training for a second and see how it impacts and helps us understand what he's talking about with spiritual training. Well, what do you need for physical training? You need dedication, man. You need passion. You need money. You need uh, the ability to research. You need friends that are going to hold you accountable. You need uh, knowledge, right? information. You need to be able to study and dig in and find out all these things that are going to help you get in the right physical shape, okay? And what else is true about this? Just stick with me here. Is that you're not just going to believe what anybody says when it comes to this, right? You're going to make sure not just that what you believe is true, but who you're listening to is actually in shape, right? Isn't that incredible, okay? So what that means is, is you're not coming to me, all right? Um, you're not going to come to me and say, Doug, what's your secret to flab and plumpness, you know? Like, what, what exactly is that? And I said, well, you know, it's quite simple. I require no less than 32 ounces of Dr. Pepper a day. And um, four, unless these baked cookies between the hours of 11 and 12 p.m., preferably. Um, and, you know, Bobby's a couple times a week, and you're good to go. That's the Jensen fitness plan right there, baby, you know? Okay, now you're not going to come to me, because if you come to me, Right? And I'm trying to give you advice about this, then what am I? I'm a, my, my conscience has been seared with Dr. Pepper and Esley, so I'm a hypocrite. Okay? <laughs> right? So you're not coming to me. And, and the funny thing to me, guys, is that we understand that on a physical level. You know what I mean? If you want to get in good shape, you go to Steve, man, because Steve is actually in good shape, right? And so his belief and his life are, are intertwined, right? And so why do we not understand that concept when it comes? to spiritual life too. That we need to be looking at the lives of those who are influencing us and saying, okay, is their belief in life intertwined? Are they representing this book correctly and does their life show it? Not perfection. You guys know, I've been saying that probably every message this series. Not perfection. But is there a change? Is saying one thing on the stage and living something else off the stage? And when he teaches this is it true is it actually god's word or is it just simply his word see who influences you who are you allowing to speak into your life about god because if belief and life are intertwined then who you listen to will become what you believe 
will catapult how you live. And so we've got to be so careful. And again, if you don't believe me, just think back over the last few years of your life and think about the people that you've let influence your view of God. And maybe, I would guess, in every one of our lives, there's been somebody that we let them you know, have our ear, that we, we let them influence us in one way or another, be it a friend or be it a preacher out there or an author, and we look back now and go, I should have never believed a word he or she said. And so this is important, important stuff. I really just want you guys to think about this, do this. I want you to let this be the lens. I want you to you know, just make sure that you are careful, carefully watching who you believe. I say that with a lot of fear tonight because one of the people you hear from is me. I say that with a lot of, of heaviness and gravity and weight because I know I'm not perfect. And I know there'll be times I'll fall and I'll have to, by God's grace, get back up again. But I hope that, and, and our prayer is, and, and our staff's prayer is, is that there won't be hypocrites and liars up on this stage. But that God, by God's grace, we will be exactly what we present ourselves to be here. And that will represent this word well. And I can promise you this, not perfection, but I can promise you that you got a bunch of diggers on staff here. Guys that dig through this book to make sure that the words that are coming out of our mouths are not simply our ideas, but that they're his. The guys have been joking with me a little bit in the staff that this has been a hard series. I've, I've had to say some uh, things that I would not normally choose to speak about. Probably tonight would be one of them. But you know what? We're going to preach all of this book. We're going to preach what God says. We're not going to just preach the parts that sound nice and we like and we're comfortable with. And I'm tired of seeing people led astray. And I love you guys too much to, to not speak a message like this and say, guys, there's people out there who want to deceive you. And then there's also people out there who don't want to deceive you, but they also don't have their stuff together. And they're misrepresenting this book. And I want you so badly to watch carefully who you believe. To make sure that, first off, the belief in the life lines up. Again, not perfectly, because we're all imperfect. But that, at the end of the day, you can look and say, I believe that's a genuine follower of Jesus. Not perfect, has his flaws, has her flaws. Even maybe I disagree with this about what they believe or I disagree with about this a little bit, but you know what? Ultimately, I know he or she loves God and I know he or she studies this and does their best to say what it says, to let God say to us what God was saying here and not just my take on it in 2011. And so, like I said, I say that with a lot of weight because... I know that I'm imperfect and I know that I fall short and I know that I don't always get it right. But my prayer is, is that ultimately, whoever it is that's influencing you, you're able to look at their life and say, okay, not perfect, but their belief in life are intertwined. And I can see that they love scripture and they're doing their best to bring it out the way that God intended it to come out. And so who influences you? Who do you give your ear to? Who do you read? Who do you study? I'm not saying stop listening to podcasts and reading authors. And I'm just saying carefully watch who you believe. Carefully watch who you give your ear to. If you're not a Christian tonight, 
I just want you to think about this. As I was writing this message, I met a little uh, advertisement popped up on my screen and it said, you have won an iPad too. And it said, click on this button to you know, redeem your prize, okay? Now, if I had clicked on that button, the computer probably would have exploded or something, right? And so I certainly didn't click on it. I just X'd out. I said, all right. Now, what I could have done, and I hope you'll see this is a really silly illustration and maybe you'll, it'll help you see how silly it would be to carry it over into your relationship with God, okay? So here I am, I see this, and instantly I go, okay, that's a scam. That's a scam. And what would be silly of me is to then say, okay, that was a scam. So every other piece of information that comes to me on this computer, I am going to label scam. Every email I get, even if it's from a friend, every Facebook, every Twitter thing, every, you know, it could be a legitimate email from a store saying, hey, we're having a sale on this. And I'm just going to keep on going, scam, 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 scam. Why will I do that? Because there was once a scam. And you know what I think so often we do is we get hurt, legitimately hurt, wronged by somebody who's supposed to be a leader. And then we say, okay, that was a scam or he scammed me, or he fell, or she fell, or she did something that was so wrong. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to apply the hurt from that and label all of this scam. Label all of it fake. Label all of it a fraud. And I just want you to know tonight, though there's no perfect church and there's no perfect leaders, and I'm up there, you know what? There are genuine churches, and there are genuine leaders. And our hope is, that rather than giving up on God because you've been hurt, that you would say, all right, where can I find a church that genuinely loves Jesus? And though they won't be perfect, they're following the best they can. Where can I find a church or, or leaders or where can I find people who are, are going to accurately represent this, not just in what they preach, but in how they live? Because that's a place that I want to be where I can maybe continue this search for God. We would love that to be here. If it's not here, I would say, find a place. Look, search for a place where you can see that, all right, maybe not perfect, but genuine. And search for God with all your heart. Don't just label it all a scam because once, maybe you were scammed. And if you're a Christian, just be careful because God has so much for you. And like I've been saying throughout this series, this uh, this church, so many of you guys are going to be leaders and are going to do great things for God. And so this series, really, this book, whole book is written to a leader. And so I hope that you leaders will be so, so careful. Those of you that know how you have a, God, a call of God on your life will be so careful and make sure that whatever is said lines up with this. So carefully watch who you believe. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the opportunity to read your word and to see your love, see your goodness, and see your plan. And um, Lord, I just pray tonight that you'll help us, God. I know that there are so many genuine followers of Jesus in this room, and I'm so thankful for that. I thank you, God, for your love for them, for the call that you have on so many lives in this place. And I just pray for them today, God, that nothing would lead them astray and nothing would make them give up on the faith, but that you'd keep them right near you and that they would see so clearly, God, give us an unbelievable discernment to know what's of you and what's not. 
and that your word would be our guide. It would be our filter. Help us, God. Keep us on track. God, we pray for Rob Bell tonight. We pray for Hal Camping and Joseph Prince and others like them. And God, we pray that you will lead them to truth. And we pray for their followers that you'll lead them to truth. And we just thank you, God, for your love and your desire to keep us near you. If you're a Christian tonight, would you answer this question in your own heart right now? Who are you allowing to influence you for God? And as you think through the list, are there any that pop up that you would say, you know what? I don't know that his or her belief in life are intertwined. And it doesn't seem as funny as they are or as gifted a communicator as they are, it doesn't seem that they're representing Scripture the right way. And I challenge you just to get rid of that influence in your life. You know, somebody once said to me recently about a speaker that they had to listen or ignore half of the message because they disagreed with with half of what they said, thinking it was just scripturally off to get anything out of the other half of the message. And you know what? If that's you right now and there's somebody you're doing that with, I'd say it's not worth it. I'd say there's too much on the line. Your faith. So if it's not lining up with scripture, I'd say get that influence out of your life. If you're not a Christian tonight, I really hope that as I talked about just seeing hurt and being hurt and seeing hypocrisy and seeing lies and and seeing those things in, in your past, that maybe tonight you would be willing to give God another shot. And that maybe you'd be able to just even talk to him. And you know what? You don't have to worry about me right now. You don't have to worry about anybody else in the room right now. But if you feel like God's doing something in you right now, and if, if there's any, just so you know, if there's any desire in you right now to get close to God, then you know what? That's him just drawing you, trying to do something in your heart. And so I'd encourage you to respond to him. And maybe you could pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again from the dead. God, forgive me for my sin. Help me, God, to give you a shot again here. To really get to know you. Would you lead me to a safe place where I can be surrounded by people who are genuine? And would you help me to understand the Bible and be able to live my life the way you desire as I line my life up with scripture. Thank you for this gift of life. And now God, just teach me how to be close to you.